Welcome to the Clutch Burners Podcast. This is your home for stick shift drag racing, stick shift tech, stick shift smack talk, and more. And over there, my guest is the Canadian Chuck Norris, Rich Guido. And over there is the Miles and Mayhem champion, the Rocky Mountain Race Week 1.0 champion. Uh, you might have lost at the Mile High Nationals. But other than that, <laughs> champion Bill Armstrong. Yeah, the one with the absolute most people watching. It was it was pretty <laughs> embarrassing. And we'll talk about it. And, and, and Rich, who's our, who's our good-looking moderator there? That, that right there is Travis Foster of... Stick Shift Nation, we can't get our shirts in order here, but look at this. Clutch that's burners, right. That's burners. right. I got clutch burners. Yeah, clutch, burners. Got clutch burners. For me, I just pick whichever one I have clean. You know, <laughs> is that your is that your uh, toy bin behind you, or is that where you keep all your shirts? Yeah, actually, um, that's yeah. All my experiments. There's some kids' toys, a, a mini fridge, all the accent, actually, all the essentials. It's actually yeah. quite organized. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, my my girlfriend got a, a cricket, so we're trying out some, I don't know, some little things to create, cut out. Uh, like that right there is like a pegboard where we can put donuts on because we're having a diaper party for our second kid. So uh, it's going to be a when donuts is, uh, and diaper party. When is she due? Uh, October 3rd. <clears throat> Ooh, right around the corner. Yeah, very, very nice. soon. Nice. That's exciting. Congratulations. Yep. Hopefully it's a stick shifting little girl this time. Do you have a name picked out? Um, there's a couple, but the thing about baby names is whenever you tell people what you think you're going to name them, they always go, oh, that's nice. But you can see in their soul, they don't like that name. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as as long as you name her Billy, I think that's great. Right, right. Yeah, that, that was actually a choice up until recently. So. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah that's we, great. We, we, we watched this this friend of ours named Bill get embarrassed on national television for breaking up throttle cable. So. <laughs> oh, we're going to just go there right away then. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's, it's great to be back. I mean, I think it's been a couple months. I have to look at the date, but I've gotten so many messages that are like, you know, are you guys still doing the podcast when the next podcast coming out? Did the Bill or Rich put automatics in their cars? You know, all sorts of questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh. really the answer is you guys have been very busy. We've all been very busy. Uh, you guys have been doing much cooler stuff than I have. I've been painting my house and and organizing and putting a new roof on and things like that that aren't very cool. So wow. um, how about we talk about some things that were pretty cool? Like uh, uh, you won Rocky Mountain Race Week. Tell us about that. Yes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so it was, it was very interesting. Um, up, up into Rocky mountain race week, I had gone to Bandemir with the help of Tom, Tom Stark and his son Blaine to, um, try to get radials figured out for my car. Uh, because I have a, a buddy of mine that's running radials and having pretty good success. That would be rich Guido. And I was a little worried. Um, and yeah, it was, I was pretty terrified and it didn't work out so well. Um, tried, uh, just testing and everything and just could not get them to work. And th the biggest thing was when they spin, they rattle everything and they rattle stuff hard. And that was, 
<clears throat> that was my concern, and that's exactly what happened. So um, I ended up running last year's slicks at Rocky Mountain Race Week. And normally my pattern has been I buy brand new slicks at the beginning of every season because the car's heavy with the power it makes. You know, it kind of kills the sidewall. But I was like, ah, it'll be okay. Well, I tell you what, um, those wasted tires would not hold any power. Like literally every single track I was turning it down. Like I think we made four or five passes at Pueblo and I was really only at about 12 pounds of boost before I wasn't even pedaling it in fourth gear. Like it was spinning so bad at the top of the track. Like it was like, I think I probably had one of my scariest passes ever at Pueblo cause it spun so hard and I pedaled it twice in fourth gear. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so when I got back, uh, well, we'll still talk about that. So I was also really concerned uh, because Tom Stark brought, um, you know, he's kind of famous for that, that nitrous wagon that he sprays tons of nitrous in and it's pretty badass stick shift. Um, <clears throat> well, he came with a bit of a surprise and he picked up a twin turbo Fox body that apparently has been, I don't know, five twenties in the eighth or something like that's ridiculous. That's so fast. It's a, it's a weapon. <laughs> and <clears throat> he pulled the stick shift, uh, the face plated, uh, TKX out of the wagon and put it in that Mustang. And I was like, Oh boy, it's only like, I don't know. 1100 pounds lighter than my car or something it's so light and uh i think he probably had to add weight to it to to get it to be where it needed to be and you know clearly the motor makes power um so i was a little concerned but <clears throat> he had some teething problems that that week uh up to and including well he was in first place actually the first couple days and then on the last day was it the last day in pueblo I think we started in Pueblo and ended in Pueblo, but he broke an axle and then his daughter also had a Fox body there and she basically donated the rear end out of her car. And so they swapped the rear end so he could make a pass. And I don't think they had the right tires on it or something, but it spun pretty bad. And um, <clears throat> that kind of locked up the wind for me, but it was not a fast week. It was a lot of Turning the car down, turning the car down, getting it to hook on basically some worn out tires uh, for what I'm trying to do. So, so that was Rocky Mountain Race Week 1.0. Oh, wait. And then there was other all kinds of problems. <laughs> do we want to go into those right now? Yeah. Well, uh, remind me. So let's go into more depth into the radio. So um, what worked? What didn't work? What do you think you're going to do from here? Well, I think I won't ever buy tires again from a friend of mine because he sabotaged <laughs> me. That's what it was. <laughs> no, I had got those tires from Rich because they wouldn't quite fit on his car and they fit on mine. Um, <clears throat> and I had some conversations with uh, the guys at Moore Racing and Rich helped me out with their names again because I'm forgetful. Um, Chris Moore and uh, um, Stephen Plemons. Yes. Yes. And so they have, <clears throat> they've got that 69 Camaro that's on Caltrax. That's wicked fast. I mean, it's been like eight double O in the quarter mile, like, I don't know, 170 or something. Yeah. It's been, I think it's been five twenties. 
Like, yeah, that's that's ripping. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I talked to them um, and ended up doing some changes to the the bar angle on my Caltrax because the car was just separating so hard and so fast that honestly wasn't able to control it. Like, like it would, it would separate so fast. It would hit, you know, it would top out the shocks and then bounce and spin. That's what was happening. Um, and even with like 30 clicks of rebound in the Mensers, it just couldn't control it. And, and he said, I forget which one, but one of the more racing guys said that he didn't think that you could control that separation if you had any bit of upward bar angle in a Caltrack um, <clears throat> because it's just so much leverage. So we ended up changing the bar angle by machining some holes so I could raise the back because lowering the front just I'd have to make a new plate and it would reduce ground clearance and I drive mm-hmm. it so much. So we accomplished the same thing by raising it up in the back. Um, and I don't think we actually tried that <clears throat> with the radial because it was just rattling the, the car so hard. And then I had a conversation with um, Blasco, Matt Blasco, about coming to Miles of Mayhem. And, you know, the idea was I would tell like one or two people. Well, all these people knew. And I was pretty sure that Rich was going to know. But he told me, he said, the tracks aren't going to be that great. Don't bring the radials. Bring some slicks. And I, I really didn't want to spend the week uh, trying to test the car. I wanted to be competitive and, you know, try to beat up on my buddy, Rich Guido. <laughs> and who else, whoever else was there. And so I bought a fresh pair of mickey thompson slicks at race week from ccs i forget the name but the central speed supplier something that was there that they were awesome and i bought those tires and that's what i took to uh miles of mayhem okay i gotta i gotta jump in so i'm watching from afar and i'm thinking i'm gonna kick these guys' butts next time i see them (laughs) i'm like what are they doing running Oh, we run a 930s. Like, what was your quickest yeah. of the week? Oh, I don't even know if a 930 was the quickest of the week. Like, it was a mess. The whole week was really tough. And I'm after sick week. I'm I'm cocky. I'm thinking, oh man, I. And so once they uh, once they because you were one and done, you were one and done eight second passes every day at sick week. Yeah, I just I just looked at the passes, and I mean, I think if we talk eighth mile for a quick sec. I think my slowest was a 582 and my quickest was a 570. And so I'm watching these guys at, at uh, race week. And so they finished the week and I thought I'm going to go to the track and just make sure everything's still good with my car. And I, of course I didn't know Bill was coming and I, and I went up and <laughs> I had put a new disc in my clutch, but I hadn't freshened it, um, the surfaces. So that first pass I made, I drove through the clutch till about half track and then, excuse me, and then I took off and then I went right back up. I think I, uh, I added a, a turn of base and went 884 and I thought, oh yeah, I would have kicked those guys' butts. And our local, like um, Rad Torque is the one that uh, we started Miles of Mayhem at and stuff is, I mean, the prep isn't like Florida. So I was pretty confident in the radials. Like, um, 
but uh, I'm, we'll we'll get to uh, we'll get to the rest of that story. But uh, much like Bill described, I will have a fresh set of tires before I go to my next event too. <laughs> yeah. So so um, for race week, uh, I had a fantastic co-pilot, um, Andrew Hawkins, and he's been co-pilot before. He does a great job. He's just very detail oriented. Um, but we were driving, um, and really no issues. Um, and then all of a sudden there was a noise and sixth gear was super rough. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. We just broke something in the transmission and we were just, you know, 55 going down the highway (laughs) Um, plus 30, (laughs) but, and then, um, Fifth gear was rough too, but fourth gear seemed to be okay. So we slowed down a bit and we're like, all right, we'll just go till the next stop here. Now it was somewhere between 30 and 50 miles that we drove. And I sit back and it just makes me sick thinking about it right now. Because when we stopped, we popped the valve covers. I broke a valve spring and these were not double valve springs. They were like beehive springs. And I, like won the lottery. Like the fact that I didn't drop a valve and wreck the motor is like unbelievable because that spring broke in two places and we kept driving. Like <laughs> I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. We're just, we're going to get to the next stop. <clears throat> and so we pulled off and we were like, Oh boy. Now, luckily for me, um, my daughter was actually doing road week in my other car and road weekers were allowed to help a race weeker one time during the week. So we were in Sterling, Colorado and we jumped in that car and she set the cruise control at 90 and we drove 144 miles to my house, picked up all my spare valve spring stuff and everything I thought we'd need. And we drove back and, um, you know, borrowed a, air tank and an air compressor because we had to pressurize the cylinder like we had to change a valve spring in like way less than ideal conditions and so we did that and we put in uh <clears throat> one of the old pack springs that i used to run which are actually the same ones rich runs <clears throat> and i think we were about five hours round trip from us pulling back out of sterling and we still had 170 miles to do on the route so we did that and then we got home and been having some issues with the clutch. You know, I had used the clutch and not a fresh one. So ended up changing the clutch and the next morning, uh, we just, uh, we had to get some sleep. So we went to bed, got up early. Actually, I got up early that morning. I changed the clutch that next morning And then we tackled the valve springs and we changed all the springs because I was not confident in what was going on. And we put in the uh, double pack springs that I had and they're like a, they're like a cup spring. They're really, really good. Reshimmed it, but it took us a long time. As a matter of fact, we, we missed first and second round at race week. We were so late getting back to the track. Um, But we got back to the track and Got stuff figured out and then ended up uh, ended up winning, but it was it was a slog, that's for sure. Before we before we go further, so let's go back to first. You thought it was transmission. 
So yes, for, yes. For, for all the stick people out there, if you're driving along and all of a sudden it feels like your transmission's falling apart, check your valve springs, which is kind of not intuitive. But uh, I had the same thing before where I had one cylinder drop on me uh, due to a spark plug. And all of a sudden it won't run in sixth. It won't run in fifth. But if you get enough RPMs, it feels like it's okay. But it, yes. there's a good chance that you're down a cylinder. Yes, yes. And that's a great point because after talking to you, that made total sense. And then I had a failure driving to Miles of Mayhem. And when that failure happened, I knew exactly what was going on. And we pulled over quickly and fixed, <clears throat> excuse me, and fixed it. And we had dropped a cylinder. But <clears throat> Rich confirmed exactly what I had happened. And it's those power pulses with the overdrive going, it's not smooth enough and it gets rough. And that was a super good indication. I, I, I can talk about that when we talk about Miles and Mayhem, but we have something to talk about after race week. And that was my high nationals. High nationals. <clears throat> yeah. So we were super, super flattered to get an invitation uh, from Matt Frost to be one of, well, there were four cars invited to make exhibition passes at Mile High Nationals. And Rich, you can take it from there. Yeah, it was, I think it was Adam Dorian and Matt who both, uh, you know, did a bunch of work in the background and, and, um, and got us invited. Um, Miles, uh, what was Miles' last name? Gross. Gross. And, yeah. Uh, Who's 19, by the way, 19 years old. 19 years old, yeah. Adam's favorite, favorite launching car at like 7,000 RPM. Another stick shift. Yeah. Yep. And yep. then uh, remind me what the Ford, other Ford powered Ford powered Coyote, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Ford powered <laughs> Coyote, yeah. Yeah, that car sounds great. Ooh, yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, Anthony Latimer. <clears throat> yeah, Anthony. And so... Um, you know, we really didn't know what the format was. And, you know, frankly, NHRA uh, can be a little fun to deal with uh, when you do something like this. So, you know, I actually didn't know if I was just coming down to make one hit in the front of a whole bunch of people. Uh, but the more, the closer I got, the more it sounded like that's exactly what was going to happen. We were going to get one hit. But, I mean, it was super cool. We, uh, we went to Bills. I stayed overnight there. You know, basically drove 1,200 miles to go a quarter of a mile. Um, we, all, <laughs> we all we all hooked up there, went for a nice little cruise together, and then uh, honestly, the coolest part was we got a park in staging on the slope, which makes it interesting to uh, adjust your clutch and a few things while you're parked on the, <laughs> the slope uh, at Vandermeer. But every racer that um, went down that track had to go by us. And it was so cool. Like, um, uh, if you if you look at my Facebook page or Clay Milliken's one video where he was at Bandemir, um, you'll see us when when the top fuel cars are making hits. Everyone just stops and smiles and kind of giggles a little bit. But uh, um, yeah, it was uh, it was super cool. And, and 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 let's add that Clay Milliken won top fuel, and he, he like. He's like, man, he was, I've listened to every Clutch Burners episode. Like, he was going on and on. We were both just like, and he's like, can I be on the podcast? Which, 
we're gonna have them on but we were like uh uh yeah <laughs> yeah you I mean, they burn, clutches yeah they burn way more clutches than we do so oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> every pass it was yeah, yeah it so, was pretty cool i mean they were literally pushing clay's car up to make a hit and he left the car comes over with his phone and starts interviewing us hey rich Rich, can I qualify for the podcast even though I don't have to shift gears? Oh, yes, sir. We would love to have you. It's the, got a clutch, right? It's, my, my top fuel car has a clutch. It's Clutch Burners podcast. It totally so. is. Yes, sir. Wait, it does not have a bank shift billion or something? It does not have a bank shift billion. Oh, right here. Hold on, proprietor of the bank shift billion. Man, I hate it. These cars are cool. I wish I had time, but I got to go to work. And, uh... You know, talks about our cars. He's definitely into Dragon Drive too. Uh, definitely go check out his YouTube channel, uh, Clay Milken, and uh, he's building um, his son's truck called Bentley, um, which is a four-door Dodge short box. Uh, it's got a twin turbo, third gen Hemi in it. Um, you know, when he it's finds gonna be, time and finds the rowdy. right window, he's gonna he's gonna come and do a Dragon Drive event. So. He definitely follows us and watches our stuff. It, it It's pretty cool. So we will definitely have him on here. We're just going to have to figure out a time where he's free. But uh, he spent three minutes talking to us. I was, I was blown away. And finally, he's like mad that he's got to leave and go, go make a hit <laughs> in his 12,000 horsepower uh, dragster. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, pretty it was, cool. It was pretty ridiculous. Um, but yeah, um, and I have to hand it, you know, Adam Dory got to do uh, a bit of announcing while we were making passes, which was super cool. Um, but he spent most of the day standing in front of our cars and just talking to people about Dragon Drive and the fact that Rich Guido drove 1,250 miles down to make a pass in his car, like, the whole day. And I was just like, man, does this guy ever quit? Like, it was, it was pretty awesome. Um, it was, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and then... And then when we got to make our first pass, which we thought was the only pass, <laughs> what did you run, Rich? Nine twenty something. Yeah, I think I went nine twenty. Yeah. Yeah, and I then spun, I, I gave I spun bad off. No, I think I went. Actually, I think I went ten zero at one hundred and sixty two miles an hour or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spun, and then, I spun hard on the line, and then I, of course, I had to make sure I beat you, so uh, I was not letting off. Um, yeah, and I didn't let off my throttle. What did you do, Bill? Yeah, I made it real easy, and I gave I gave Adam lots of time to talk because my throttle cable decided to leave the party, <laughs> and, and I think I idled down the track with uh, yeah about twenty five thousand people watching to a uh, incredible twenty two <laughs> second et. It was oh, and then they got to tow me off the track because it wouldn't even it wouldn't idle up the end of the track. So Bandemir. Um, the staging lanes are downhill. The track is flat, obviously. And then the end of the track is uphill. <laughs> I couldn't even get off the track. <sighs> yeah, that was pass. Then, that was what we thought was our only pass. Yeah. And then day two, we, uh, as far as we knew, we weren't going to get any more passes. So our cars are in street <laughs> mode, essentially ready to hook the trailers up and leave. Yep. And, yep. um, the staging guy from NHRA comes up and he's like, you guys are up in five. We're like, what? We're like, what? <laughs> we're like, we didn't and, think we'd get a, make a pass today. And he's like, well, you're on my sheet. He's like, you're up. And we yeah. looked at him like, five minutes ain't going to cut it, man. We got to switch these cars all over. And, and uh, so then we start chat, chatting a bit more. Sorry. 
and uh, he, um, you know, we figured maybe we had 15 minutes. So it was like a dog digging a hole out of my car. I mean, my trunk, all the stuff's going flying out of the back. Gil doesn't even have a co-pilot. So we're, we're trying to switch over two cars. We didn't even switch over our, uh, um, front tires. We still front have tires. Front, I had front tires with my hubcaps on them. <laughs> yeah. I, I had guillot I had pretty much, uh, uh, boomer or yeah, I had my trim rings on and my center caps. Thank God they didn't decapitate anybody going down the track, but, uh, <laughs> it was a, it was a shit show. So, and it was hot. So by the time we got in our suits and we're in staging, we want to have a nap, not make a pass. Yeah. And then, yeah, totally. uh, and then I think, yeah, I think I went nine twenty or something on that pass or something. Had yeah. And I had the radials, I had the radials on and it was a mess. Like it just didn't work right. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was, it was, it was pretty interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least you gave them a good representation of drag and drive is, is one car makes a brilliant pass and one car, doesn't <laughs> well i wanted to run an eight so bad like <clears throat> i wanted to um, run eight eight second pass uh, honestly like what would have been incredible is we both went like 869 side by side at nationals that would have been like the best yeah because we have still yet to do that make eight yeah. second passes side by side but yes race week yes Race it's coming. We are going to have to perform in uh, end of September, <laughs> beginning of October, because we have some uh, pretty stiff competition. Yeah. I, um. I got to tell a story about uh, the salt flats before I leave. So you guys, you guys will like this, and I'm sure our, our two listeners will also like this. And one of them <laughs> is the guy I was talking to. Uh, Danny Bemis is his name. He's uh, he's about 68 years old listens to all our podcasts, follows our stuff, uh, huge, huge fan, I would say anyways. Um, and I met him last time I was on the salt in 2021. And, um, and so he pits with another guy who uh, actually his car was destroyed. It was a Cavalier and a stretched Cavalier. And I think it took flight at like 250 miles an hour, went straight up in the air. And this thing was super extended but anyways danny first thing danny says to me when he's uh when i see him again he's like oh yeah i was gonna tell you rich you know i was out shopping uh, you know i went to different stores and, and, and i just couldn't i just couldn't find a purse that i liked and he's got a 67 <laughs> chevelle i think it's a 66 67 <laughs> chevelle and he's, he's very very serious to like I looked all over the place, you know, I liked the different colors and I just, I just couldn't find a purse that I liked. He said, so I had to rip that automatic out of that car. And he's like, I'm putting a TKX in it now. He said, uh, I, I feel way better. And I, I just, I just couldn't find a purse that I liked. So I was laughing. <laughs> yeah. The way he told the story and everything. Oh yeah. So we had a good, we had a good time. Uh, all of, all of the salt flats, him and I were BSing about stick shift racing and all the crazy stuff that we've done. So it was pretty funny. It made my <clears throat> made my whole week for him to. Uh, he'd been probably waiting to tell me that story for quite a while, but it was pretty awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. So, so tell us more about the salt, um, the conditions. Like, did you guys get to run? Like, give us a recap because I haven't actually talked to you much about that since you you just got back yesterday, right? <clears throat> yeah. So I'll just give you a quick. So I crew on a. 
on a team, there's probably four or five of us, <clears throat> for Sean Driver, who's got a 53 Studebaker um, in 2021 at um, World of Speed. World of Speed? Mm. It's the one that's in the fall anyways. <clears throat> and uh, he went he went 292 miles an hour. And then and back, I think that was the faster pass. And I think the other pass was like uh, 280 something. But anyway, so he, he, he got a record at 286 miles an hour. He's got a red hat, which is what you get if you go um, over 200 miles an hour and you break a record. So if you're ever at the salt, you'll see a bunch of guys wearing red hats. All of those guys broke a record to get those hats. <clears throat> um, so Sean really wanted to go 300. And this was not the year. <laughs> like it rained uh, before. And uh, when it rains out in the salt, it's not like sand where it gets hot and evaporates. It sits there for a long time. And so we had to drive through six to eight inches of salt water every day. <clears throat> to get out to the pits and the pits are five miles long yeah i saw your video i was like you should have had a boogie board behind that truck <laughs> it was yeah. that much water yeah yeah you don't want to <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty salty water to say the least um so consequently we only had a three mile track usually there's a a five mile track um so we were pretty sure sean wasn't going to get um a record breaking pass because it takes a while on the salt because it's almost like driving on ice like you can't it's not like drag racing where you lay into the throttle right off the bat you have to ease into it in fact it's it's one of their worst sports to watch because at the beginning yeah everyone <laughs> can hardly get out of their own way like it's literally like buh, half people are stalling lots of people need push carts for the first you know 100 feet to even get the car going and then if you're at the three mile mark when you're watching and, cars go and, and sorry to interrupt but that's because they have so little gear in the car for the top end right yeah they're they're trying to go you know anywhere over 200 miles an hour so they they don't have any gear um so uh anyways there was two guys um less home and carl uh, i can't think of what carl's last name is both of them are going to just license so less went out first um, and we're watching them and I was like, I got the parachutes out already. Like did, did it rattle loose or what's going on? And, but no, he was looking for a place to pull over and we broke, uh, um, an adjuster on one of the rockers. It broke in three places. So, um, poly lock, you said, right? A poly lock. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeff McConnell says he's seen that before where if you tighten up the center of the poly lock and then you reef on the outside, um, that that could cause it. Um, so I, I hadn't touched the valve train, by the way. <laughs> so we had more. So we put, put another one on. But the lineup, the lineup is like four or five hours long in the heat on the salt. So you're So we only got to make one pass on day one. And then day two... Um, there was some discussion between the owner and the guy making the pass that you shouldn't have to shift out of third gear. And, uh, let's be honest when you, when you're making passes, whether it's quarter mile or even a, a pass on the salt, there's lots going on. So I'm not going to be judgmental at all, but, um, Carl had to go between 150 and 175. 
he was going 173 miles an hour in third gear at uh, about 6,500 RPM for, oh, about a minute. And uh, he could have shifted into fourth, but um, the discussion before said he shouldn't have to. And so he got his license and then uh, checked a rod at the end of the pass. Oh. So that pretty much ended our uh, ended our week at the salt. But we were already delayed three days and stuff. So looking at the data log, we could, we could do some stuff differently. Um, I think we need to do something different with the oil. Um, but if you think about our passes in the quarter mile, and then you think about what these engines put up with um, on the salt, like even if you were to shift it to fourth, uh, he probably would have been at 4,500 or something. But Well, right. Um, yeah. Just about peak torque. <laughs> Even yeah. worse, maybe. And, and I mean, the car, the car's <laughs> moving around. Like he's just about going from side to side, like just trying to keep the thing straight as he's, as he's accelerating at this point though, he's just trying to hold the throttle. I mean, the car is capable of doing 300 miles an hour. So at 175, um, I think he was only like 30% throttle in third gear, but it was at sustained RPM for quite a while. So what, what's, what's the power the... plant in that car? Yeah. It's a big block Chevy, 517 cubes with 106 millimeter turbo. So what class would he be in? What are his restraints there? Um, well, the, so when you're doing test passes, you can pretty much do anything you want. All you're trying to do is go, but Sean's record, it, I think is like B gas altered. Um, he had to be running special fuel. Uh, there's certain body uh, modifications. In fact, when we got the record the first time, um, the guy tried to tell us that we didn't get the record because we had tape on the car to tape the seams. Um, but what he didn't, he was kind of a newer tech guy. What he didn't realize is you couldn't have any from the doors back. You can't have any tape on any seams, but from the doors forward, like the hood seams and stuff, you could tape all that stuff. And, and that was perfectly fine. So, um, Here's an interesting part for a couple of interesting facts about the salt. So if you're racing the salt, so if Bill and I wanted to go and try to make, you know, see how fast we could go in our cars, you can't drive them anywhere but the track. So we would have to get them towed on. You have to tow to the beginning and you have to have them towed off the track and you can't drive them anywhere. But if I wanted to just drive my G2 out there to watch, you can drive them anywhere. I think that's to keep people from making hits, you know, some mm -hmm. other place on the salt. <laughs> um, but their tech is also super sticky. In fact, if you watch Alex Taylor's videos, she'll, she showed a bailout. Um, and you have to pass the bailout test in a certain amount of seconds. Otherwise, you don't get to run. So you, you have to practice getting out of that car when you're fully buckled in. I've seen them actually do it where they blindfold you or like they put a black uh, cover over your um, helmet shield. Um, but it's really good because, you know, if you're going 200 and you crash, you need to know how to get out of that car fast. And, uh, you know, they make sure you can reach all your fire systems, your parachutes, they run you through all of that. And then even before you go to make a hit, the tech guys, like I tightened, um, um, less into the seat and, uh, the tech guy still goes in there, checks all the straps, checks everything, make sure that he's good to go and quite often tightens or he will tell you to tighten the belts more and 
Uh, so it's really good that way. They've they've learned through probably fatalities that uh, this is not something you fool around with. So that sport is definitely a labor of love. Uh, I used to give tractor pullers shit for driving all the way across the country to make one pass, but uh, it seems like salt flat guys wait all year to make a pass. So it, <laughs> if it doesn't rain, so definitely a huge yeah. respect to those guys that put in all that work um, just to hope and pray that the weather's good. <laughs> What's the difference between salt flats and like Muroc, the dry lake stuff? Hmm. Do Dirt you know? Salt? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's pretty much it. Like, um, yeah, I think the dry lake beds are basically the same kind of deal. You know, you got to clean up rocks and do all that kind of stuff. But uh, other than that, I think it's just dirt compared to salt. I think the is records that... can still be the same as far as I know. But... And is dirt likely a better racing surface than salt? No, I think, honestly, I think the salt is better um, under good conditions. Like in 2021, the salt was so hard. I had my GTO out on it. You could do a burnout on the salt, like, and leave marks. Like that's oh, wow. how hard it was. Wow. So it can, okay. It can, it, and, you know, when there's water on it and the wind's blowing it, like completely smooths itself out. They still drag it, but uh, it's it's quite a surface. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And, and Alex, she, uh, the way it works is you, your first license is 100 to 125. And then your next license is, uh, 125 to 150 then 150 to 175 175 and every time you got to pull the chute and you got to do all the right stuff and then they sign you off so that you're good for the next one so i think alex ended up going like 235 so i think she's got her b license and i think there's only one more license and that's 250 to 300 and once she gets that there's no limit anymore so uh that's she awesome did, she did really good yeah that's fantastic and most of those cars on the on the salt, they're all stick. Nobody runs an automatic. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I knew they all yeah. seemed cool. That's awesome. <clears throat> That's awesome. Okay, so we got Rocky Mount Race Week 1.0. We covered the salt. Where are we at now? Um, oh, my surprise visit oh, yeah. to you, Rich. Miles of Mayhem. Yes, Miles of Mayhem. So... <laughs> Originally, I wasn't planning to come to Miles of Mayhem, um, and then some events lined up perfectly, and I decided to do that, and <clears throat> I told a couple, well, a few more people than I probably should have, but it was still not enough that Rich had any idea. However, his wife was a great sport, and I had to make sure <laughs> we had a place to sleep, <laughs> and so, so uh, <clears throat> she knew we were coming, and and it's super funny because, well, it's not funny, but the, the way it went down was. So, um, like, and, and you tell the story. So, Brett in his, yeah, so um, his dart, yeah. Yeah, my good buddy Brent Stevens. He's got a super fast uh, 69 uh, dart. And um, he was Gen out, 3 Hemi, right? Gen, Gen 3, 3 Hemi. Hemi. Car has been, I think, 871. Um, but it's definitely capable of 850s. Like, it's fast. And uh, so there's a Mopar meet like two days before Miles of Mayhem. And uh, he went up there to test. 
and uh, he he thinks it was the dome sensor that failed, but he put like 32 pounds of boost to it and uh, windowed the block. And so I'm, you know, I just find this out, and and I think he's going to be my competition. And and as fun as Florida was, I mean, as soon as the fast guys were out and there was nobody right there with me, you're kind of on cruise control. Like I was one and done. Now I was, I was happy with the passes I was making, but at the same time, it's, it's not it's not very much fun when the next guy is like half a second slower than you. Um. So, anyways. With Brent being out, I thought for sure he was going to be kicking my butt all week. And so I'm literally sitting in the garage moping. And my wife comes to the garage. She's like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, my buddy just blew up his motor. And, um, you know, it just, it just sucks because I thought we were going to be racing each other all week. And she was almost like, you'll be fine. Because <laughs> she knew. Was, she knew we were on the way. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, so then, then – Dan Nissen uh, messages me that he's just passing through Calgary. I'm like, well, man, you should stop by and and uh, or he just crossed the border or something. Which and, we crossed uh, with him, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and I had no idea. Yeah. And so I said to Sylvia, I'm like, do we have we get some extra food? Dan, you know, one guy might stop by and stuff. And and she's like, oh yeah, it should be fine. And and then I'm watching her put the chicken in the fridge and or I mean, in the oven. I'm like why is there so much food? It's just one guy. And I'm just, I'm just thinking this, I didn't say it. And then I go downstairs and go to grab a pop or something. And there's, there's beer in the fridge. I'm like, why is there beer in the fridge? She never buys beer <laughs> right over my head. And I also, my, my dad was, my dad was here. So in the living room, I'm like, why is there a mattress like in the, in the basement? Like what? Let's go, I don't know. Two of them, actually. I never, Two never of them. thought about that. I got cars in the brain, and I'm, I am clueless. So I'm in the house. I'm waiting for Dan to show up, and and all of a sudden the doorbell rings. I open the door, and here's Bill and Jamie standing. I'm like, oh, you can see it on YouTube, if, or I mean on uh, Facebook. But I was stunned. I was like, what the hell? And of course he <laughs> walked. I think he walked a mile, so I wouldn't hear his car, but. Uh, his dog big oh, what the <laughs> hell? Woo, buddy surprise <laughs> what the heck <laughs> we walked over i parked way down there <laughs> what the heck surprise well that's good because my other buddy just blew his car up I, yeah we parked a lot so there's some stories coming up to this I gotta tell. So, so we left from my house. We drove about um, 900 miles the first day, and stayed the night in Shelby, Montana, and then met up with Dan Nissen. And I'm sorry, I don't remember the other two guys, um, but they had some paperwork for us to fill out to cross the border, so that it would be easier for us to come back in. But during that drive. Um, we were climbing a hill, passing cars, and all of a sudden, sixth gear got rough. And I was like, oh, I know what's going on. I dropped, we just <laughs> dropped the cylinder. And so I quick looked down at the EGT, and sure enough, we had a cold cylinder. So we pulled over right away, and 
<clears throat> popped a valve cover off and this was super strange but we broke i have crower uh shaft rocker same as rich has so there's they're paired up there's uh two rockers per shaft and one of the shafts broke and the rocker was just rolling around in there and um i had spares so we swapped them out and it was literally 40 minutes we we're back on the road um and then we met up we had uh we had breakfast with darcy laws which rich had done like i don't know was it even a week before yeah on the way home from uh, maha nationals I stopped <laughs> yeah yeah and i i told him i said don't post anything because he doesn't know we're coming um so then we cross the border. Well, we go to cross the border and we walked in to get this paperwork processed and we're on the U S side. Cause the paperwork is for coming back, not going into Canada. And I have on this sick week shirt that has rich Guido stuff on the back. And the guy looks up and he goes, Oh, he goes, did you do sick week? And I go, no, no, my buddy did rich Guido. And he goes, Oh my God. And he's like this huge fanboy of rich. Yeah, he's, well, yeah, like, he's the prime he minister of Canada. Yeah, he <laughs> right. He's like he comes through here all the time. He's so awesome and all that. Yeah, and he goes, he goes. Well, how do you know him? And I'm like, well, we race each other, stick shift stuff. And then he's like, well, what car are you driving? And I told him, and he just freaked out. Like he wanted to go outside. He had to check the cars anyway. But yeah, it was it was pretty flattering. Like it was it was great. I, so then, is is that the same yeah. guy? Rich told a story where there's a guy that stopped him at the border that was like, I'm a huge fan. Is this the same yeah, guy? Same dude. Same dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's his, I think his he, Instagram is Nova Nate or something yeah, like that. Like right. he's, yeah. he's super cool, dude. That's his car's awesome. really cool. Yeah. It was, it, it was, it was pretty cool. So then we, uh, we cross and we're driving to get to Rich's house we're looking at the map. I'm like, okay, we're going to park here because I don't want him to hear us. And we're literally at this roundabout to turn to his house. And I'm looking at my fuel pressures all over the place. I'm like, oh, my God. I think we're, like, about to run out of gas. And so we loop back around, go to the gas station, and then we pull up. And where I parked, it was way further than I thought. <laughs> so, so we walk up to the house and surprise him. And then. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back and get the car. And Rich starts filming and he has to do all this, all this fill in stuff because like, he's like, expecting me to just whip go? around the corner. We're probably still like walking to the car. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. And, um, before we, before we forget to so Darce laws, he's an old fanatic. And so when Rich shows up with a black car with a red interior, even though it's a GTO, he comes out with his black um, olds with a red interior. And what did he show up for you, Phil? Yeah. Um, well, okay. So we ate with him twice. So when we were going up, he showed up on a, I don't know, some really early Harley. Um, but when we came back and ate breakfast with him on the way back, he shows up in a burgundy olds with a tan interior or something like that. And then he shot a picture, which we'll post of the two cars sitting next to each other. It was classic. And and his collection is just amazing. Insane. Like and I yeah. didn't we didn't even see all of it. It was just awesome though. Yeah, he's he's got cars to match all of his outfits. Um and and he's a big <laughs> automatic so. guy, so he has purses to match as well. 
but he, he does have a lot of stick shifts though. Yeah. I'll give him that. A lot of those a lot of those Oldsmobiles are stick shifts. So, oh yeah. No, yeah, he, he cool. gave me a big ribbing at uh, PRI. He's like, Oh, you guys talk about all that silly stick shift stuff. So gotta give it back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so so yes, so then got to Rich's house and Canada was beautiful. Um, you know, that whole week, uh it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. Like not quite what I had expected. And I was a little, uh, on the fence about eighth mile stuff, but I tell you what, after doing it, I'm a huge fan. I burned probably half the fuel that I normally burn in a, a race week or something and way easier on the car. Like that last half track in fourth gear under full power, that's where stuff's going to go wrong. Usually. Like if it's tune up related or something and you're done it half track. I mean, it's, it's still fun. Like I had a great time. Um, and my brand new slicks worked pretty well. <laughs> a lot better than my, uh, should we, should we get into my woes or so first of all, I think the most important thing to remember is the quickest pass of all of us was made on day one by me. And then I went for shit after that. But, uh, so <laughs> I did go, well, I think I think on day one, both Bill and I, I think I went five eighty four, and you went five eighty seven or something, yeah. Something, yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a rough week. It's going to be tough." Yeah, <laughs> I got to stay so in his that, house. <laughs> so I thought, like, that's what that's what I wanted was I wanted a a battle, and so then day one, day one, I went five eighty eight, one and done, and uh, day, day two, day two. Oh, you're talking uh, about the test day before. The test day before we went 584 uh, yes. and 587 or something. And yep. So yep. both of us thought, okay, cars are good to go. Let's uh, let's go have some fun. <clears throat> day one went. I went 588, and I think you went 90 or no, you went 590, didn't you? Could be. Yeah, let's just call it that. That sounds better. Yeah, you were losing <laughs> anyways after day one. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> And then uh, we had a big drive on day two, <clears throat> or we had a big drive after we raced on day one. Yeah. Um, and we went to Saskatoon, and that drive is uh, pretty long and straight. And yes. it was probably yes. uh, 400 miles. Uh, qu- quite a drive. <clears throat> and then uh, when I got to Saskatoon on day two, I, I couldn't get, I couldn't make nothing happen. Like my slicks are either done or, but I had made some changes. Um, but I was pretty confident because I went 884, I went five, 584, then a 588. I get to the next track. <clears throat> and I would say the prep probably wasn't as good, but Kyle Williams was in front of me, um, I think for my first pass, and he went 533. And yeah, so I, that, and he's running radials. Oof. And yeah. so I go up there and I, uh, I proceeded to obliterate the tires, um, time after time. And <clears throat> Bill's right. When radials don't work, you, you are fighting a hard battle. So I mean, I was driving through some nasty stuff thinking I was going to leave my rear end and like spit <laughs> it right out the other side. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I ended up going like a 640 to Bill's six one or something. So, uh, it was still tight after day two but um, i think you were still in the lead after day two no 
No, you you passed me. Because oh, I remember okay. going back to the pits and it looked like you were going to make another pass. And I'm like, dude, you don't have to make another pass. I'm I'm not going to make any more because it feels like I'm going to destroy my car. <clears throat> and uh, I mean, the changes that I made for the technical guys were, you know, I sent my shocks back to um, Viking to, to Viking to have them revalve them, um, which their settings that they told me to put them at worked in Edmonton just fine for a couple of times. And, and then, uh, I also changed my lower <clears throat> rear control arms from double Heim joint to Heim joint on the back and uh, poly bushing on the front. And I still don't know if that was a cause of the issue or not, but they're not going to be on there for my next race. <laughs> and, uh, um, the other thing that I screwed up on is when I put the shock sensor back on the lower control arm, I located it in a different spot. So my data wasn't looking the same as it did a race week. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even notice that until after the event, which, um, yeah, my bad. And then, uh, uh, what was the other thing? I think those were the two main. And then I figured out after the event that I probably had 30 or so hits on those tires. And I was really hoping that the radios, I'd be able to get more out of them. But I'm kind of thinking that, uh, you know, with the weight of my car, that after 30 hits, those things might be done. Uh, we'll know sidewall, next. sidewall, maybe. Yeah, the sidewall might be. Uh, there's still yeah. tons of, you know, they, they look almost brand new still, but. They sure didn't feel brand new while I was at that event. <laughs> so have you gotten your shocks back yet? Oh yeah. I, I got them. I got them back uh, before the event. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But then I ended up, I did end up breaking one of them. Uh, it may or may not be welded back together. And uh, because I tried some other shocks that I had in my, in my grad, some uh, single adjustable QA ones. And apparently one of them, has nothing left it looks good inside the spring but that's all it does because it was back to the old days where every gear change it would pull the wheels off the ground uh i would every time i launched the car i would do a wheelie it was like totally uncontrollable and, um, and didn't that shock end up donating part of it to fix the other one yeah i had some old white uh um, 9010s 9010s that we cut the top <laughs> off and and Jamie uh, Tig welded Tig welded it back onto my uh, on my other one on my Viking, and it uh, it's it's working good. So, uh, so that's how you're gonna leave Viking. it. Well, I, I might have to call Viking and get another okay, shot. Okay, I, I, I was gonna say, <laughs> do you have do you have new ones on yet? You could bring it as a spare. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, and, and just just uh, just to be clear, it wasn't a Viking issue. Um, we were hitting some really rough roads and I have, I have TRZ lower control arms that no longer have a bump stop on them. And so it was, the bump stop was the shock and it was actually bending the, the shock. So it was my bad. It was nothing Viking did wrong. It was not a quality issue or anything there, but yeah. So in the last podcast, Rich, uh, you were hinting at a change, almost like a secret weapon that you had in your car. What was that? I know that was a couple months ago, but I feel like Miles Mayhem was the first thing. What was that all about? We'll have to talk about that offline. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was, was going to say. Does that mean I'm offline too? 
I was gonna say Travis, you and me, you and me. Okay, all right, all right. Because the curiosity has been burning, you could tell ever since June, and I didn't know if uh, that had made it to the forefront at Miles Mayhem or not. Is uh, so? No. Uh, it, 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 are we gonna have this? Are we gonna know by Rocky Mountain Race Week two point uh, Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, you know, I, I I always brag about stick shift racers because I'm like, man, they'll you walk up to a stick shift racer, they'll tell you anything you want to know. I mean, they're not like secretive or whatever. And now, look, our our poster child, Rich Guido. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Awesome. Well, and, and and before we continue on with Miles and Mayhem, so Brent Stevens, who who windowed his block. He drove all the way back to Saskatoon, which was where day two was, um, borrowed uh, an engine from his buddy, and then and then joined us at uh, Saskatoon uh, basically for the four days. And I think he he would have been tough to beat. Hey, Bill, I think uh, oh, he, was, that car he was 590, was 591 every yes. day. That uh, car was impressive as hell. Really impressive. Yeah. And he drove the route. He did everything. He just missed day one. In fact, it was funny because they gave him a, a 10 second pass for his first day just so he could figure out what the average is. They had to change it to a 20 second pass because um, <laughs> he was catching. He was, he was, everyone's in the standings going, like, how did this guy pass me? So <laughs> they had to fix it. They had to give him 20 seconds because uh, otherwise he would have probably placed third. Yeah. Yeah. It was. That car's impressive, and I'm looking forward to it for the second race week, um, which we're going to get to because the stick shift lineup is going to be freaking bananas for that. Like, it's going to be a nail-biter for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so on was it the last day of Miles of Mayhem? Um, I had – my car was set up for a perfect, really, really good pass. As a matter of fact, it cut a one four zero sixty foot One-two shift was good. I was going – for the two, three and the car quit and coasted to the end. And long story short, the, uh, distributor gear, which is actually a cam sync gear. Uh, I run a composite gear and it had basically sheared itself off. Like teeth were gone. Um, <clears throat> had a spare, so we swapped it out. But, um, if I can back up when we got to Canada, we changed the oil in my car and the amount of metal that came out of that on those magnetic drain plugs was staggering. And, you know, at race week, I had changed the oil when we got home after the valve spring. Um, but driving that thing for 30 to 50 miles with a broken valve spring, it must have just been just that spring was just destroying itself and putting metal everywhere. And it must have just been the 1,250-mile drive to Canada where it finally <clears throat> settled itself out because literally the metal that came out, I was like, oh, my God, are we? am I even going to do this? Like, I might have to trailer the car home. And uh, <clears throat> we changed it, uh, started up, ran it, pulled the filter. Um, I have a K&P engineering oil filter that's very easy to inspect. We pulled it. Everything looked clean. It was good, but I think what happened is some of that metal obviously got eaten up by the oil pump, and I think it fractured that composite gear. And on that pass, it finally, the crack had grown, and it finally just broke. 
And um, so we went ahead and swapped the gear and I made another pass that was, I don't know, 590s, 580s, something like that. Maybe it was 560s. <laughs> I don't think so. It wasn't quicker than 588. I know that. Well, that's true. Okay. So maybe it was 590, but it, but it was enough to lock up first place. And then the car drove home, no issues. So, so I think that that failure was related to that valve spring from race week 1.0. Um, yeah. We got to back up a bit. So, yep. So my first pass on the last day was a 628 and Bill's pass because the car shut off was like a nine something. So oh, I yeah. was actually, I was actually in the lead um, <laughs> and I was ahead of him in the lineup and there was a big cloud coming and I'm, I may or may not have been the only guy doing a rain dance. In the, oh, I do remember stages. that. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm thinking, Oh, wouldn't that be a shame if we got rained out right now? Huh. What a shame. What, a, what shame. a shame that would have been. So I'm, I, uh, I don't know if Bill saw me, but more than once I was dancing in the staging lane, but it didn't work. No, no. You did a rain dance right next to my door. I do remember oh, maybe, that. Maybe it was that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, it was pretty funny. Uh, anyways, oh, yeah. it was. It, it honestly, I think on day day three or something, I made more passes on day three of race week than I made of all of uh, of drag week. week. Yeah, sick week. You, you mean day three of miles of mayhem? <laughs> yeah, or oh. miles of mayhem. Sorry. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So I made more passes that that week trying to get a you know, just struggling trying to make a good pass to try to catch, to catch Bill. But so anyways, I learned lots, but I mean, it, it's still, uh, I definitely made some changes. So hopefully I can uh, have a little bit more control and there may be two sets of tires come with me uh, south because I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have, I had slicks at home all mounted on a set of rims and everything, but day one went so good. And we were very fortunate. We only had two hotels that we had to stay in. The rest of the time, we were at my place. So, yeah. Um, but days two and three, uh, I did not have a set of slicks with me. And then when I did put on slicks uh, for day four, my shock broke, and it was a rodeo ride. So <laughs> I was a complete mess. But it was yeah. still awesome. I, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I mean, that bill come up and. And then Brent to uh, get his stuff back together. It was still an awesome week. Um, it, in, it still yes. would have been better if it rained on the last day, but whatever. <laughs> Asshole. What's that? <laughs> do, you, do you think you're a bit spoiled now, Rich? Uh, because your last event was so close to home. Now you've got to go all the way back south again. No, my car doesn't like it when it's close. Can't you tell? Like, I mean, it was a shit show. It was so close to home. Yeah, I guess that's like, true. It, Statistically, it, it, the further away from home you get, the better your your chances are. My sick week has been my my new personal best every time. Yeah, every year. So that's awesome. That's awesome. And Bill, what what did you think about being so far from home? Was that the furthest you had been driving? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It was the furthest I was been. I've been. Um, I ended up putting over 3,800 miles on the car that week. Um, and, and I have to say, um, not to be boastful, but doing, gosh, I don't even know, 15, 16, some odd of these drag and drive type events. I was very prepared. Um, you know, people talk about what, what to pack and stuff. And, and I can tell you 
with 100% confidence, <clears throat> if you don't have parts on your car that you can get at O'Reilly's or Napa, you need to pack those as spares. I'm talking about fuel pumps, valve train stuff, um, composite distributor gears, and I also have bronze backup ones. But all that stuff that I carry as spares, like, it was no big deal. Like, those are usually pretty big breakage deals. They're like game changers, you know, make or break for people. And, like, that valve train thing broke on the side of the road in Montana. There was, like, like a ton of people stopped. And, you know, we were just taking it apart, swapping it, putting it back together, and we were on the road. It was no big deal. Same with the distributor gear. Um, got pretty lucky. Um, and because it was composite, I wasn't really worried about that stuff going through the motor because it's soft. So, um, yeah, I, I think we were super lucky. Um, didn't have to have the transmission out of the car once. Um, oh, wait, we forgot. I also broke a roll pin in the transmission on the shifter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You were on the and... hook. You were on the hook twice at Miles of Man. You had to get <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Rich was like, oh, man, I got him. I rain dance, roll pin dance. You do it. He's doing all the dances. <laughs> but but um, <clears throat> fortunately... Um, the tunnel cover on my car is removable. So just pop that off, pop the cover on the transmission. And, you know, I thought maybe I broke the transmission um, and it ended up just being a roll pin, pushed a new one in and we were good to go. I, I had spares of those as well. What was the but, symptoms uh, of that? <clears throat> no, like were you, were you not able to get it into a certain gear or all gears or what, what was going on? So when I, I made a, I don't remember, two, three shift, I think, um, <clears throat> it was like, it just wouldn't go or something. And then it was like no gears at all. And I'm like, oh God, I've got, I got a whole bunch of neutrals, but it was because it wasn't moving the shift rail. So um, yeah, yeah, that was it. I towed it back and got lucky. I mean, it was just a, it was a roll pin, which is a, which is a fuse. I mean, you know, you, you, I'd rather break that than a shift fork or something in the transmission. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, so, uh, Rich, you weren't at 1.0 because you had to work, right? Yeah, I had a uh, plant turnaround that was 40 days long. So I was pretty much working uh, six and one and 12, 13 hour days for, for 40 days. So I missed 1.0, yep. Yeah, good excuse. Um, so you are going to make it to <laughs> 2.0, right? Yes, sir. All right. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. What's uh, what's the plan for 2.0? Any of you guys making any changes? Bill, what tires are you going to be on? Let's talk about that. So <clears throat> I'm I'm going to be on these Mickey Thompsons that were so lucky for me for Miles of Mayhem because they're radial beaters. That's what they are. <laughs> um. And I'm going to drop a fresh clutch in the motor or in the car. Um, <clears throat> Kale is doing a couple of secret things for me on the clutch. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll have a fresh clutch in it. Um, just going to, I'm actually going to probably tear the transmission down and just go through it, make sure everything's good because it was having a little bit of problems on the two, three shift. So I just want to get a look in there and I'll be curious to see what the input shaft looks like because it was twisted last time but I decided to leave it cause it wasn't cracked. So we'll see where it is now. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it. Um, generally pretty good shape. The motors, you know, I'm 
pretty confident in where the motor's at. And the tune-up, uh, probably going to start with the same tune-up that I ended up running at Miles of Mayhem because it, uh, it was pretty soft on the first part uh, to get down the track, and it's a really good tune-up to start with. So I think that's where I'm going to start. Nice. Uh, Rich, are you going to have uh, Frankenstein shocks on the car still, or are you going to make some up there? <laughs> yeah, I probably won't change the shock, but I might bring a spare. But uh, it's working. It's working just fine. Okay. It's just the top right. that got knocked off. Um, oh, wait a minute. I know what his secret is. He told me, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> is that the secret yeah. or is it a different one? No, that was the one. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot what it was, so you'd have to tell me again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the only – so I'm going to put radials back on, uh, fresh set, um, and – uh, let's see, I removed the back seat out of it today. So that's 50 pounds. I wasn't taking the passenger seat out. It's about 40 pounds. I'm going to take that out. That's um, 90. Debating whether or not I put the fiberglass bumper back on because it's about 30 pounds. That's um, over 100 now. Yeah, I mean, so here's Don't here's forget the reality, there's a, so. there's a 3,000 pound weight limit for stick. Don't don't forget that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a big fear there. So. <laughs> So let's let's talk about race week first of all. So there's there is four five guys that are uh, that are with eight fifty certs um, that are going to be a challenge. Like Chad Chad is coming. Um, that's been confirmed. Chad Fegley, Fegley, and he's been he's been in the sevens um, <clears throat> at race week before. So he's going to be a problem. <laughs> right. So he could be. This could be a battle for second, but here's here's kind of a quick high level. So Chris Hine has a 33 Roadster. Uh, he just beat me at a local event here, <clears throat> which was pretty event pretty interesting because I was uh, I uh, hadn't made too many changes from Miles and Ma'am, and I was six O's, six ones, uh, pretty consistent. The only thing I did was change my wastegate spring to a lighter spring so I could make less boost off the line and, and not obliterate the tires on the line. Um, but Chris, he's been 540s in that car. So he... Woo! he at like 135, be, right? At like 135. So he, he should be able to run 850s. So that thing's 2,900 pounds. So he's going to have to add weight. He's got the same transmission as me running an RXT 1200. We're going to make sure he weighs at every track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely need to. So he's yes. he's going to be a problem, but he's he's only got an 850 cert, so he can only run what uh, we're certified to run, too, as compared to Chad. Brent Stevens is coming. Um, same thing. That thing's 850 capable. It's 3,200 pounds. Uh, Gen 3 Hemi, twin turbo. Um it's got a uh, Rob Youngblood dual eight inch in it currently, um, and a G-Force GFR uh, with a vertigate, not an H pattern, which is allowed. And um, and then uh, you guys that listen pretty much know Bill and I's combination. So he's been eight. Chris has been eight sixty eight. Brent's eight seventy one. Bill's eight seventy, and I'm eight seventy five. Um, and then Tom Stark's got a weapon, hasn't been in the eights yes. yet, but it's just a matter of time before he gets that thing sorted out. If it went 520 with that combo, uh, there's 
you know, he should be able to run 850s with that thing too once he gets it sorted out. So, um, needless to say, I think I'll take the fenders off and the roof off. <laughs> I don't know what, what else I'm going to have to do. Uh, but yeah, we're talking 3,000 pounds, 3,200 pounds, 3,700 pounds, and then my fat ass at 4,100 pounds. Um, I have the most cubes for sure and probably make the most horsepower. But uh, yes. Even Chris, I think he makes fourteen hundred horsepower with that Texas tire. Fourteen hundred tire, he told me. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. he's gonna be, he's gonna yeah. be hard to beat. Yes. The only yes, thing we can for hope sure. for is that that he runs a eight forty nine and then it rains, and uh, has the twenty second time slip because that might be what it takes. But <clears throat> yeah, you know it's yes. stick shift racing, so it uh, there it can happen. It's a lot of driving, and I know one day we have to. Don't we? Um, go from Kearney to uh, uh, Bandemir and race on the same day? Yes, yes. And normally that's a drive-only day. So I'm going to be real curious to see how that works. Uh, so if I'm not mistaken, we're racing in the mornings and then driving. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. So that's that's a lot. That's a long drive. I mean, it's 400 miles. Um, and then, well, it, it'll be like we did at uh, Miles of Mayhem. Um, you know, you probably Matt. make uh, you know, a couple of passes, make sure I'm ahead of you, and then we'll leave. <laughs> interesting. We yeah, will that, see. That's going to be an interesting format. Um, unfortunately, that might that's going to be the last time you ever make a pass at Bandemir, isn't it, Rich? Yep. Well, we have two days at Bandemir. Right. They, they were able to flip it, so we're not at Pueblo twice. So we have two days at Bandemir, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bill, I assume you might do something later in the year if they have like a farewell party or something like that, but it's approaching uh, the yeah. end, which is pretty yeah, sad. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Yeah. Yeah, there was some stuff this weekend that I just didn't go to. I've had a lot of fun with the car, and now it's just sitting right now. So <laughs> we're in good shape. I've been, I've been busy. Um, working on the garage so oh yeah yeah that's that's exciting so um have you got uh, so how big is your shop so <clears throat> 24 by 48 um it, it it has been uh a comedy of disasters let's say that uh with general contractors and contractors and everything else and uh yeah i've let's say i've learned an awful lot building this workshop um that if I do it again, I would a hundred percent not repeat. Um, and we could make a whole podcast on just that. And maybe that would be a good one. And, and I think we should, I think one of uh, the future podcast ideas we have that is one of my favorite is shop organization. Um, you know, uh, I know we've talked a lot about that cause I know that's something you're passionate about, Bill, especially like coming from aviation, like being pretty anal about organization and, and your workflows and, and things like that. So I definitely want to do that. Get some, get some input on that. Um, yeah, I will tell you, like, even today I was out there working on some stuff and I swept up after myself probably four times while I was working. Um, and in full disclosure, I put the same coating on the floor that's in an aircraft hangar. It's white. It's beautiful. <laughs> and it reflects so much. It's so bright in there. It, especially at night, like you got to turn the lights down because it's so bright. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's really nice. I'm anxious for you to see it, Rich, and change your oil on the two post lift or the four post, either one when you get here. 
as long as it's oil and not transmission, I'm, I'm all in. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yes, definitely. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so Rocky Mountain Race Week, that'll be, that'll be it. But one thing we haven't talked about is the Dragon Drive World Champion. So I don't know, Bill, if you've been paying attention to that at all, but, and in fact, I'm not sure who's leading, if it's you or me, or, or if we're tied. I think we're um, tied. At sixty, is it sixty nine points, which is a great number by itself. <laughs> it is, yeah. But I think it we're tied, actually. Can only be wrecked by a period. Um, <laughs> uh, oh my god! <laughs> I just saw that one recently. I thought that's pretty You're... funny. Um, but yeah, so if what, you and what I, punctuation? <laughs> yeah, if you and I both uh, podium on. And we're in the eights. Uh, we'll be right up there at like 103, 104 points. Um, so it'll be, it's going to be interesting. And then they announced that at uh, PRI, who the winner is going to be, or who the winner was. Um, but if you're interested in that at all, go to the Dragon Drive uh, website. They have the uh, world champion data there. You both have 69 <laughs> um, points. Of course you do. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome. And actually, I'm really excited about PRI. Rich, you're going. Travis, you're going. I am. Why are you going? Uh, I'm going to be in the bank shift billy booth to represent my my, my friend Bill. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, that's we, we're launching a brand. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, are are you telling people about the product yet, or? Um. No, not quite yet, okay. but we are launching a brand new product that is not stick shift specific, but it is for drag racing. And I think it's pretty exciting, especially for the drag and drive community. I think people are really going to dig it. Yeah. Um, but we will be unveiling the new, uh, the plan is to unveil the new enclosure for the Bankshift Billy digital clutch controller. Uh, we've developed a injection mold uh, case for it. So it's a lot sexier. Um, the other ones are nice, but the injection mold one is, is really, it's sleek. Yeah. So, so hopefully, yeah, like you said, I can, I can help you field most of the questions about the bank shift, Billy. Well, you're, uh, you're busy telling people about this new cool product you got coming out. So I don't know. I, yes, I'm looking yes. forward to it for sure. Cause, uh, last PR, we, PRI, we, we saw each other in passing, you know, like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Yes. Hey, how's your yes. day going over? But, uh, yeah, it's going to be. Fun well, this shoot. time I'm picking you up on my way. Perfect. <laughs> so yes, I'll be ready. I'll be in. Yes. I'll be in my best dressed. I hope so. <laughs> I might not wear pants for the drive, but just so you know. Okay, good. good. <laughs> I thought I was alone in that. No, no, we'll be together. Okay. Yeah. And there, and there is another event um, called Death Week. I haven't. Uh, I've been busy lately, so I haven't really checked on Tom's website. But I know he was. He was wavering a bit because of the cost of the tracks. It looked like it was going to be uh, pretty expensive for only 100 cars to do. So he, uh, I think he's looking to see if he could get 200 to do it. But it's it's probably 2,000 miles. Um, <clears throat> that's not, not me getting there. That's the actual event. 2,000 miles starts and ends in Vegas. Um, really lots of miles, lots of terrain. Um, so I'm not sure what Tom's doing yet. It wouldn't hurt my feelings if it got canceled because that, that would be, that would be four events. That's a, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, especially yeah. when you got to drive as far as I do. And, so, Cause I still might do sick week 
in uh and that i think that one's in november oh wow um, you've got to do oh, sick death week. weeks in november you have to back up your title at sick week man uh, <laughs> a hat trick yep try to get three yeah that would be pretty crazy but man there's like i was just lucky last time that uh that the fast guys didn't make it but I don't know what Chad's got up his sleeve, but we might have to do a little uh, work on the side of his transmission case again or something. <laughs> that might be the only way to beat that guy. Like, So uh, talk a little bit about Death Week. So it goes from Vegas to where? Um, Sorry to put you on the spot. I, know, I just to, don't know the route. Yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to look to see everywhere that it goes. But it's... Okay. it's uh, it's a pretty, uh, it's probably the longest um, one that uh, Tom Bailey and crew um, has ever put on. And it was only going to be a one-time event. <clears throat> um, so October 21st, uh, October 29th. Um, and basically we'll be traveling through Arizona, California, and Nevada. Uh, roads 2,000 miles, includes the Grand Canyon, Las Vegas Strip, Pacific Coast Highway, and of course, Death, Death Valley. The tribes will not be basic. There will be switchbacks, extreme grades, plus the obvious challenge of altitudes, high and low. Um, it is eighth mile. There's no classes. And currently, like on the post, he talks that there will only be 100 cars allowed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he's changing that to see how many how many people show expression of interest, and uh, if he can get 200, he might still have it. Excuse me, it might still have it this year, or he might move it to next year. Mm. Very interesting. But yeah, yeah. What else we got out there? Uh, hopefully. Oh, what's going on? Bill, Bill, you having some tummy problems over there? I can see when you go on mute and then uh, it's like, it's like, it's like traveling with my dad. When I see him push into the seat, I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> what's going on here? Oh, oh man. The windows, I got power windows, thankfully. So yeah. I can take care of it. But you're right. Let's just say, let's be glad that smell vision's not a thing yet. It's like I could I crank up the noise suppression on this thing so high, but somehow <laughs> I do love I do love me some Brussels sprouts. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and with that, I have nothing else. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to figure out who the next next guest will be. We'll um, we'll definitely have to get in touch with. Uh, Oh, you know, the other thing I didn't mention, too, is uh, on my trip down there, I stopped at uh, PFI Speed. And, you know, one thing about the import guys is they're all sticks. So, you know, we spent quite a bit of time with Brent and Jamie and and uh, his sons and stuff. They were great. They were, I think they had a lot to do with um, Clay coming and talking to us because we also got to go into Clay's pits and watch him tear down the motor. So, Huge shout out to Brent and Jamie from PFI Speed. Really appreciate, love those guys. Uh, they were they're well, they're awesome. So um, it'll be interesting too, because Jay 
because one of those guys could come and kick our butts at Rocky Mountain Race Week in the stick shift class too. They're getting those cars yes, yes. sorted yeah. out. Mm -hmm. That'd be very interesting. Yeah, it seems like there's a, a lot of cars coming. This this is not a dying sport by any stretch of the imagination. It's it seems to be the the, the way to go. Um, and people are starting to more and more people are starting to realize how nice it is to have a couple overdrives on these on these events. So uh, hopefully we yeah Michael. Oh, go ahead. Uh, hopefully we just hear more stories of uh, like your buddy throwing away his purse and putting in a, a good transmission in his car. That's, <laughs> that's all we can hope for. Yeah. And, yeah, and Michael, honestly that, sorry, go ahead, Rich. I was going to say, Michael Lark said that uh, 75 cars in this thick ship have competed in Dragon Drive so far this year. So he said, it's definitely growing like miles of ma'am. I think we had 20, was it 27 or 22 cars in the stick ship class? It was huge. So yeah, lots of, lots of these drag and drive, the stick shift is the biggest class cars, like not the bracket ones, but, uh, of the class cars quite often the stick shift class is the biggest class. So it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I will second that double overdrive thing. Um, it made the, like, I literally was getting 300 miles out of a tank of fuel on the drive to Canada. Um, and I may have gotten a ticket on the way back in canada which i should go pull that out of my car now and pay that so that i can be allowed to come back in the country again <laughs> but, just tell me no rich keto <clears throat> yeah i may have confused mile an hour with uh kilometers and what is the posted speed limit there in kilometers i think it's 110 kilometers an hour yeah yeah so technically i wasn't speeding because i wasn't at 110 but I may have confused kilometers and miles an hour. So Right. I was going to say, when you told the story close, about though. your daughter driving back home at 90 miles an hour, I was like, oh, why so slow? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I was, I was pretty impressed. And she got to make her first uh, pass uh, on a drag strip at, as a road weaker in, in the Volkswagen. And that was super cool. I rode shotgun with her. She was super nervous, but she did good. Nice. So, yeah. All right, guys. Hey, fellers. I think we're good. I think so. Awesome. Well, and right. uh, yeah, we'll apologize to those people who do listen. Uh, we will try to get uh, get back on this. It's just been really busy for both of us. So yeah, I, all three of us. Really. I, I think we've got some cool ones in store that, that will hopefully make up for it. I mean, uh, Clay Milliken sounds very promising. Um, I would like to get um, Flying H drag strip on here at some point. Uh, they're a new drag strip uh, close to here in Kansas City, um, which is very nice because, uh, as we see, a lot of drag strips are closing. So the fact that someone is willing to put in a lot of money to get a very nice facility put together, um, they've already you know shook hands with the NHRA. So this is going to be a, a top-notch facility. So I'd like to get them on to talk to them a little Fantastic. bit. Um, hopefully re yes. rejuvenate because I, I think the community could use it a little bit. Um uh, the Garage Organization podcast, which I'm very excited about. Uh, maybe it's just going to be me and you excited, Bill, but I, I'm pretty excited to talk about that one. Um, well, I found a couple of good links. Um, I'll share those with you when we get off here. But uh, yeah, yeah, that would be great. Um, <clears throat> so let's uh, huge thanks to Travis and Stick Shift Nation for hosting the podcast. Um, and of course, you can find Clutch Burners on <laughs> yeah. all the platforms. Um, and if you'd like to see Clutch Burners podcast continue, uh, get on over to stickracing.com and grab a Stick Shift Nation shirt, hat, or sticker. 
They're pretty cool. Is that it? They're real. I mean, look at look at look at these two good looking guys. Yeah, right sure. Here. Yeah. Woo! Look at. Come on, don't forget about this. Got, right, right. Oh, we got all three of them here. This is awesome. <laughs> all right. So thank you very much. I think we're uh, over. Yeah. See you guys. Bye.